Hello and welcome to another episode of Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm so happy to have you with me. And today with me, I have Mirabeth Kuzmeski, and she is a powerhouse and a podcasting sister. So this is going to be super fun. She is the host of Female Insight Zone. You can find it on C-Suite. You can find it on her website. And she's an amazing person to connect to and just super fun to talk to. We're going to have a good time. Uh, we're, we're actually going to have to try and close the podcast down at some point because we have a lot to talk about. But she is also the founder of Red Zone Marketing, and she has so many tips and tricks. And if I'm remiss at the end and not push you back to her website, make sure you go check her out at Red Zone Marketing. But welcome, Mayor Beth. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled. Oh, yeah. You're this consummate podcasting professional. We've, um, we're in the hundredth, uh, podcast, uh, zone together. So it's super fun to have a peer who's knocking it out of the park in marketing and really uh, constantly honing in on clarity with people and clarity about their message. We're going to talk about that a little bit more, but I'm super excited to have you, um, on this episode. I have so much to ask you. <laughs> Well, awesome. Yeah, thank you. We've recorded actually 131 podcasts wow. and not all of them have been released yet, but they will be in the next month or two. And so it's it's really exciting because when I started this, I had no idea that it was going to kind of catch on and be be this thing that it's turned out to be. Right. Well, we're going to talk about that a little bit more. But before I get into some of the questions I have, which are about the podcast, and hopefully you can drop a few breadcrumbs and tips and tricks. And these are the kinds of things my listeners are asking for. But I also want to really make sure my listeners get the gems uh, about what you really know, your expertise. You're obviously an amazing author. You're a great host. But you consult for marketing. And this is, you know, this is the world we live in day in and day out. I've got to say, every time I read something from you, listen to, you know, one of the episodes in Female Insight Zone, um, yeah, or even look at even things as simple and as short as, well, maybe we shouldn't say simple. We know there's nothing simple in writing social media posts, but even as short of a content as a social media post, I see all the time that you are really banging the drum of people get clear about what you're trying to do in marketing. So whether it's messaging or getting, you know, your proposition really clear or really understanding your value that you're offering your client, you're always talking about about clarity. Tell tell me more about that and why that's such a big push for you. Well, I think it's the biggest mistake that we make in marketing, we make in business is that we don't message ourselves. And I say we just generally we don't always message ourselves very clearly. Mm -hmm. And today we have an ADD society. No one is really paying attention to anyone. We you know, we're constantly doing more things than one at a time. And so how are we going to capture people's attention? We've got to say it better. We've got to say it with more clarity. We've got to say it with more uh, power so that people pay attention. And if we don't, we're literally left at the wayside today. And we wonder why people don't respond or they don't click or they don't like or they don't you know, respond to our offer or sign up for our newsletter because we're not talking about things really, really clearly. We're not getting to the point. Mm -hmm. And that point, a lot of times, I think, you know, we see it from our point of view as the marketer or the company, but we're not getting clear about what it is the client needs. So tell me about how you work with people to really consult on that level. How do they get to where they change their marketing messages so that it is resonating with their actual ideal prospect? 
Right. And I think something you said really hit home because you said, what, what do the clients need? Well, in marketing, we, we can't always market the need. Uh, for instance, we work with a lot of financial advisors and financial advisors do financial planning and they think it's the most important thing because it really is the, you know, the base of everything that they do, the financial plan. But there isn't a person out there who's dying to sit down and spend <laughs> hours and hours and hours getting a financial plan. So we have to market what people want, not what they need. Now, we know that they need these things and we know that we're going to give them these things. But we, from a marketing standpoint, we have got to market the want. We've got to figure out what they want. We've got to figure out how to message what we do in a way that they go, oh, I want that, because otherwise we're literally wasting time. Right. And also, you know, I see even in the financial services market, since we're harping on that a little bit, there have been some good um, messaging out there where people understand that finally. But it's not it used to be kind of like this peace of mind or security, these more vague ones. Now I see really fantastic companies coming out with fantastic branding that's more like, no, you want to go on this trip or you want to actually be able to, you know, have the freedom to be with your grandkids or like it has to get really specific. Do you feel like some of the people that you consult with have a really hard time getting specific about that want? Yeah, it's really hard because in financial services, particularly, and there might be, you know, there's lots of businesses that are in the same position. You could literally work with everyone, right? You could work with so many different people. And so we think if we just focus on what a grandparent is feeling or what someone who wants to go on a vacation is feeling, uh, we're missing out on potentially everyone else. And so the key is, and it's been proven out, that if we focus on a niche or several niches and we really hit home there, uh, it makes all the difference in the world. And we can make a lot more money marketing that way as opposed to marketing to the general masses. Because when you market to the general masses, you have to talk in generalities. When you market to specific people with specific kinds of needs and wants, that is how you can really get their attention. Mm, very cool. And I'm, you know, in all of my podcasts, I'm not only talking with peers, but I'm also learning. And it's so great to think and reflect on really specific. So I'm going to take what you just told me and what you just taught me, and I'm going to apply it to two current clients that we have and see if you see anything else in there. But this is part of my podcast is where we really try and, and you know, pull back the curtain a little bit on marketing and say, look, it's not that complicated. This, you know, we can use a lot of jargon, but we can also have just very plain conversations like this and, you know, bring meh marketing up to really excellent marketing if we just get really clear on a few of these things. You want to play a game right here? Yeah. Okay. So I have one client that is a focus group facility, right? So one of their ideal clients, they need a place to host you know, their focus group. But what they really want, let's say this is a moderator, right? So they're going to be the person asking all the questions in the focus group facility. They want, uh, they want to get some prestige, probably, if the actual end client, let's say Clorox is, you know, hiring them to do a focus group on, you know, say a new detergent or something. And let's say someone from Clorox actually drops in on the focus group, <laughs> you know, they didn't know they were going to be there. You know, that moderator who has the need of the place, the focus group facility place, 
They want to look important to their end client. They want the prestige of, wow, this is organized. This looks great. This is where you're getting fantastic answers. You know, we're already, you know, the insights are dripping out of this conversation. <laughs> so, you know, we're focusing for the messaging for this focus group facility on, you know, the fact that we really treat the moderator right. We have everything organized, get everything done because, yes, they they need that facility, but what they really want is, you know, to look good if the client shows up and to make sure that everybody's so comfortable so that they do provide good insights. So your kind of help would help me get there. And I hope that like little, you know, for example, might help anybody. Do you see, I hate to put you on the spot, but do you see anything else in there that you we could talk back and forth about? I mean, there could be a lot with your specific situation. There could be um, a lot of ways of marketing that what they really want and what they what they need and what they want in this particular case might be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they need a facility, but they need a facility that's going to be a superb facility. And so, um, you know, that's what they want also. Mm-hmm. So I think that if you think about that, um, what they could for sure do is all of those words that you were just using about the things that they want and they want this prestige and they want the ideas to just drip out because the, the environment is just, you know, a conduit for this. Um, <laughs> those are the kinds of things that you can put in a marketing message mm-hmm. and a testimonial. It would be fantastic. Video testimonials in this particular case would be great to not talk about all of the stuff that's in the facility, but talk about the way that the outcomes happened. That's, you know, really what they're what what they're ultimately looking for. And you work so much with people even about their website messaging in order to to, you know, really bring those things up to the forefront, right? Yeah, absolutely because you know, the homepage of the website uh, the headlines, the subheadlines, you know, tons and tons of copy does not work really on, <laughs> on websites. But so we want to be really specific and we want to be able to have these headlines and sub headlines that just stop people in their tracks. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people just use the same words that they've heard other people using because that's just our frame of reference. But we almost have to step outside of that frame of reference and start to use words that people haven't heard before and stop them. And they're like, what? Wait, what is what is that word? Um, and, you know, so I have I have a client that says that he works with uncommonly successful professionals. Mm. Now, that's different than saying we work with successful professionals or whatever. Mm-hmm. Here's an even more intriguing one uh, for a wine merchant that we have. We have a client who specializes in sourcing undiscovered wines in Europe. This sounds like a really rough job, right? (laughs) Oh, it sounds like a terrible, (laughs) terrible job. (laughs) Yeah, he lives in Bordeaux. Hold on. Do you want to cry now? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, he lives in Bordeaux, and he goes and visits uh, family-owned wineries that do not have representation on the American shelves. So it's so interesting. He goes and he learns the stories. There are always these small family organic operations, really cool like that. So he sources them where you would think it'd be really stuffy, you know, to have a, you know, a a purveyor for your fine wines from Europe. It's not expensive because he's sourcing family value wines that are taste amazing, but they're skipping that middleman type of thing, right? So that's kind of the setup. So that's the client that it is. 
Um, But we really talk about, of course, these people need, and I put that in quotes, wine, but they are wine drinkers, so they need to, you know, have wine ready for when people come to dinner. But what they really want is a connection to the story. They really want to feel at that next dinner party like they're in the know. They want to share the story about, oh, yeah, this was this wine was found, you know, on a back road in, you know, northern Italy. And they want the story of how, you know, this purchase is helping keep the lights on at this small family owned who's, you know, a winery who's committed to organic farm farming. And, you know, it's been in the family for, you know, 400 years or whatever the story is for that day. Right. So that's the want that, you know, people can buy wine anywhere. But can they get that story anywhere? Well, that's exactly right. And that's the heart of marketing, right? So the the they they need good wine. That's they just need to have that for their dinner parties and whatever else. But what they want is the outcome of having that story that they can share about the wine and where it came from. And that's the you, you know, I think another way of thinking about the want is to think about the outcome. Mm-hmm. What do we want people to feel once they and, and can we share that they will feel this once they, you know, taste our wine or whatever it is, but it's those, it, it, it's all of this together. It's not just the wine and the packaging and all of that. It's the complete story that you can be the, you know, kind of the wine connoisseur and talk about, oh, this wine came from here and came from there. And to have a little story with each of the wines and to be able to market that, I think it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, because people want to feel connected to, you know, where the wine came from. But really, in the end, they're really just trying to feel connected to the people that are around the dinner table. Ah, that's exactly <laughs> Right. That's exactly right. Just the story. It gives me something to talk about. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, in this fall, we're actually redoing our website and we've been working very hard on new copy. And oh, it's just so hard to do this to yourself. So uh, for those of you listening, know that, you know, we give great advice and we do it. But, you know, we're constantly having to do this to ourselves. So please understand that we're also we put ourselves in the same pain that we put you in as as consultants. Right. (laughs) Um, That's exactly right. It feels like that. But uh I don't want to be that cobbler's, you know, kids who have no shoes, you know, kind of mentality. We got to market ourselves the right way. But, you know, we have said for so many years that we are a sleep improvement agency. And Mm -hmm. does that stop you in your tracks kind of thing? What? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? yeah, Yeah, yeah. And so we realize, oh, my gosh, we have to lead with this. We need to put this on our website. So it's a part of our, you know, uh, you know, redoing of our website is that, you know, we work with people who have a lot of challenges, a lot of stress, a lot of, you know, things to do. But, you know, everybody is trying to do more with less and our bandwidth is really stretched. And at the end of the day, you know, C-suite executives that we work with and uh, and entrepreneurs are going to sleep and really having a hard time sleep because, they you know, they're, oh, I'm worried about this. I'm stressed about this. Are we really being proactive about our marketing? Do we do we have a plan? What how is this? What's the outcome six months from now if we do this campaign now? You know, all these things are swimming through their heads. At the end of the day, we come alongside and partner with someone and we improve their sleep. Well, because what do they really want? They want sales, a stream mm-hmm. of consistent sales. And if you can give that to them, that's what they want. Mm-hmm. And if you can prove that you can give that to them and it will feel like <laughs> I can sleep at night, right. that is, you know, that's brilliant. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about your podcast, how you got to 131, because you've had to turn around and message yourself. You've had to turn around and market yourself. And so we want to learn from you um, a little bit about 
you know, how did the podcast start and why did you keep going? What was being successful? Let's start there. Yes. So the podcast was designed not to be um, a part really of Red Zone Marketing. It wasn't to, to be a part of my consulting firm. It was a passion that I have, mm-hmm. uh, which is for women to tell their stories about how they got from here to there mm-hmm. and all the things that they went through to get to this to where they were in terms of success and leadership and everything else. Because I think the best way we can learn is by hearing stories of other people who have done it. And it gives mm-hmm. us inspiration and it goes, man, I'm having a tough day, but Boy, if that person went in front of 50 different, um, you know, venture capitalists and Mm -hmm. finally got a yes, I mean, maybe I could do a couple more. Right, right. Maybe I can do a couple more things. And so I started um, a foundation several years ago called the Red Zone Leadership Foundation, and it's really to support women in leadership. And so we support organizations, mostly that support girls to become, you know, raising them to be leaders and raising them to have this confidence and wonderfulness that they already have, but let them get it out. And so we support different organizations and camps and things like that, that we find that are really extraordinary um, in terms of that. And then I thought, well, maybe I should start a podcast too for not just for girls, but also, I mean, and I don't know how many girls listen to this podcast. I think it's mostly, or my podcast, it's mostly, you know, business women. Um, But it's really been a fantastic uh, way of getting getting some stories out and really getting some powerful stories out. People have shared things that they have never shared before on my podcast. We've had tears. We've had, I mean, and we've had laughs like crazy, but it's really been the stories. And we started off doing a 30 minute podcast and then we realized, Hey, what if we could do it in 15? What if we could be so concise that in 15 minutes we could get everything out there? And that's what we started doing. So it's between 15 and 20 minutes now the podcast, and um, we get even more listeners, and it's great. And so what it's actually done, um, it actually has been good for Red Zone marketing in terms of I speak at a lot of women's conferences now and things like that, but that was never the intention. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I speak on a regular basis, but mostly I work in the financial industry, and I speak mostly to men. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I'm speaking to women is really so cool to me. It's <laughs> what I wanted. You know, I, I wanted to be able to help and support other women like some women and um, have helped me. So. So mm-hmm. at any rate, so I started the podcast to do that, just to share the story. And I didn't know if I was going to do a couple of them or if I would do many of them. But now, like I said, we've done over 130 of them. And some of them have been so amazing that I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm taking notes like crazy, just like you were talking about. I'm taking notes. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I have to do this. I have to buy this book. I have to do these things mm-hmm. because they're so inspirational. Yeah. And, it, you know, I think you touched on something that's really interesting to me. It's powerful for the people listening to the story, but it's powerful for the person getting to tell their story. That's right. That comes out when I listen to the people on your podcast. They also seem very enlivened by the opportunity to share really something from their deeply from their own perspective. Yes, because I'm not just asking, so tell me about your business. Mm-hmm. I mean, at some point, I usually will say, you know, what are you doing now? And, and you know, where can we find you and things like that? But I want to know how they got there. I want to know their story. And not a lot of people are asking for the story. They're saying, hey, tell me about your business. And you got to give your elevator speech. That's not <laughs> what we do on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's so much more rich than that. So in all of your years now, speaking to people who share that passion that you have for uh, women, we certainly um, have a passion here for especially minority women and trying to do um, really significant 
um, internships and um, scholarships. And, you know, I, I'm so tracking with you on that, obviously, why why we connected on some level as well. Um, but, you know, people get overwhelmed because there is a lot to do in terms of equality. Um, and, of course, you know, we're not even asking, we're not talking about 50-50. We're talking about just trying to bring you know, people's stories to light, getting a chance um, to do the thing you want to do. But for people who get overwhelmed with, um, you know, they have a passion for helping women or girls, can you speak a little bit to, you know, what's one thing you can do? Kind of walking away from the overwhelm, what are some of the great things you've heard from other people that they've done that have been small, small, you know, uh, pieces of the puzzle that have made a difference? Well, I, I think that it's persistence. I mm-hmm. think that in a lot of cases as women, we think, oh, my gosh, if somebody says no, no means no. And I'm not going to go any further. I'm not going to take it any further. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in some respects, it's good that we think no means no. But in business, I mean, no doesn't always mean no. And we really mm-hmm. have to think about um, having the persistence, like the one woman I interviewed who literally went in front of 50 different venture capitalists who all said no. And the, and finally, she got a yes. And I would have stopped maybe at number three. Right. <laughs> um, and she just kept going because she believed in herself. And I kept asking her, like, how did you like, why did you do this? Why, you know, what what was inside of you? She said, I just believed in myself. But I didn't have a lot of other options. So I just did it. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes if we take a different approach and a different attitude to some of these things mm-hmm. um, and just have that persistence and just, you know what, it doesn't matter if somebody says, no, I believe this and I'm mm-hmm. going to keep you know fighting for this. Right. Right. And I do think that is a small mindset shift. Um, you know, that it takes to just just keep going on. It doesn't have to materialize today. I mean, 130, you know, 130 episodes later, you really just still did that podcast episode by podcast episode. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about what you, you know, um, what you think this does. You mentioned it does help you with Red Zone Marketing. So I want my audience to hear a little bit about this. Of course, you took your passion and spun it off and did it, but it does help you in business. In what ways does it help your business? What do you see? Well, let me give a little um, more background on this. And Mm -hmm. the reason that I did it completely separate from Red Zone Marketing is because most of my clients are men and they are older and they are um, maybe not fans of people that are, quote, feminists. And I didn't want to be the perception that that's what I was doing. I just want to help women. I'm not, you know, trying to position myself or be, you know, political or whatever. Um, But I I really, I, I thought, if I started this, I would lose business at Red Zone Marketing. Um, I really thought I would lose business and I made a calculated decision to do it anyways because I felt so strongly about it. And um, it, it actually, you know, I've gotten some comments like, you know, what are you doing? Because we'll let our list know, people that we've worked with and um, people that have followed Red Zone Marketing, we will let them know that we're doing this as well. And they see that and they wonder, hmm, I wonder what she's doing. But I, I haven't seen it to be a cause for losing business, um, but I have seen an additional market open up, which mm-hmm. is now I'm speaking to women in business, women in leadership, women in sales, um, and there's lots of women's groups. I actually have kind of a feeling 
talking about women's groups. I think that it should all be integrated and, and all of that, mm-hmm. but there still are lots of women women's groups out there. And so that has really helped my business. And it was not specific. It was not designed. I was kind of trying to fly under the radar actually right. doing okay. this because I didn't <laughs> want to affect my business. And as it turns out, it's helped the business, but um, it was a kind of a risky move because it could have gone the other way. Right. Right. Well, that's part of the risking as an entrepreneur, right? <laughs> well, right. And if you believe in it, then you just mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Now, have you done any advertising for your podcast? We have not. We've had offers um, to do advertising, but we have not done anything as of yet. Um, I, I'm not out there soliciting advertising. Mm-hmm. And if I did have any advertising, I would put it the money back into the foundation. Right. But I haven't had any um, that kind of fit the the mold of what, you know, I thought would be inappropriate for mm-hmm. um, for women, entrepreneurs, women in the C-suite and things like that. Right, so, right. So yeah. you want it to really feel organic and keep that type of a, a feel, a less salesy approach inside your podcast. Yeah, yep, yeah. Absolutely. I love people hearing all these different perspectives, how we think through the business model. Now, are there any tips that are very tactical or, you know, any production tips or um, interview preparation tips, anything like that you feel like you could offer? Well, I, I think just from uh, the technical side, as you know, you just have to have a really good microphone because if you don't have a good <laughs> microphone, it's just going to sound bad. Right. And, I I had different microphones. I've had different, um, you know, different equipment, but um, having a good microphone is, is key. And um, that's, that's one of the most important things. And then making sure that the sound is actually working when you're using that microphone. But um, that is, that's one. And then the other, I think is, um, you know, for the interviews is really to be prepared. I've done a lot of interviews on TV when I would, you know, roll out a book or something and I'd be on TV and you know that the person interviewing you have, has never, read your book they got handed the book three seconds before you know they're going on the air and they're asking questions that are just coming up in the prompter and I thought boy I just I don't want to do that if you listen to really good interviewers people who actually want to get to the heart of something Mm -hmm. they're doing a little research they're doing some background they're not just um you know hitting start and then just reading the bio and you got to know something about the people that you're interviewing so you can come up with um, really good questions well you know people get really surprised because and i know you've you've uh, written a lot of books but if i have someone on specifically because they're an author of a particular book and i'm going to talk about that book i have a hard fast rule that i have to have read the book. And actually, when I've sent it out, you know, in the media kit and said, hey, okay, you want to be on the show? That sounds great. I need the book by, you know, I need at least three weeks. And I've only had one bulk at it. And one was like, well, why would you need the book? And I thought, oh, my gosh, of all (laughs) things, I am like, how often do you ever get people who actually want to read the book and have an in-depth conversation? (laughs) So I only had kickback one time. But I find that very interesting. We are, like you said at the beginning, you know, this ADD society. And so, it, you know, it, it, you struggle to get people to actually read long format, but those interviews are so much better when you really know the meat, the the feeling or, you know, the really the big why behind why they even wrote that book to begin with. Yeah, that's that's exactly so much right. more interesting. Well, what's <laughs> coming up next for you? Where are you speaking or anything you you particularly want to highlight? I, I really appreciate you giving some tips and just some perspective to my clients. So I'd love to give something back to you and and let you pitch something. Well, I mean, thank you. Um, I, I guess people can go to my website, redzonemarketing.com. And if you, you know, there's all sorts of information and videos about the stuff, you know, kind of we talked about the messaging, the clarity, just easy, simple 
clear tips about how to do that better. And so there's all sorts of free things on my website. Um, I also have a messaging worksheet. It's more for the financial industry, but it's uh, redzonemarketing.com backslash messaging. And then you can do a free download of a messaging worksheet, which helps you with questions you can ask yourself to come up with better messaging. And um, and finally, the my podcast is on the Red Zone uh, leadership website. So it's redzoneleadership.com. And uh, you can also get it from Red Zone Marketing, but redzoneleadership.com. And then right up at the top is podcast and you can go there. We're also available at Apple and Google and every possible um, podcast location you can find us. So, um, but yeah, it, and uh, we'd love to have some, some more listeners. We just think that it's been so much fun doing this. We've got so much value and we've got the archive of all the episodes. So you can always like look through and see who you really want to listen to. But uh, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's, you know, you really break it down. I think what we have in common is neither one of us are stuck on jargon, have no interest in trying to complicate these things. But, right. you know, you really, you know, all of your blogs are just very straightforward. Here's three things you can think about this today. They're they're super short and they're they're very helpful, insightful. Um, you know, I, I particularly uh, liked one uh, recently you were talking about um, really people struggling to communicate very clearly about their value, what they bring, you know, as a professional to the table. And when you're not clear about that with prospects, there's no way you're taking a next step. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. And, and that blog was about, I was doing um, a presentation for the Million Dollar Roundtable, which is people from all over the world who are in the insurance business. And half of the, more than half of the room did not speak English as their first language. And then there were some English speakers, but there was just people from all over the world that were translating into a bunch of different languages. And what, what I realized was, is that no matter what country you live in, no matter what continent you're in, we all have some issues with messaging our value and messaging it very clearly. And um, I thought that was, you know, sometimes we think, well, maybe it's just an American or a Canadian issue, you know, mm -hmm. but it's, it's an issue in Asia. It's an issue in the UK. It's, it was an issue everywhere. And people were engaged in wanting to figure out how they could message their value better, both in short and long, you know, phraseology. And we, right. there was a th over a thousand people in the room. And I thought, well, you know what, this is a, this is something that is not just a, a localized issue. No, <laughs> it's, it's, no. it's a, it is a worldwide issue. Well, let, you know, let me get just one last thought for you about like where you've come, just the tremendous success you've had. But if you could go back and do something differently, is there something that you feel like, oh, man, I wish I would have done this sooner or I wish I would have skipped that? You know, I wish I wouldn't have gone down that road and, you know, ventured into whatever it is. What What's something that you wish you would have really spent more time on or less time doing that see, that stands out to you? Boy, I I have to say that. Um, the way that I think about the world is that I've had a lot of, you know, failures and stuff go wrong mm -hmm. and all those kinds of things, but I've always learned something so valuable from it. Mm -hmm. I would never go back and redo it again. I just <laughs> think that it's the lessons that I've learned. Um, but I will say that one of the things that I did start doing early on because I had a disaster, um, was hire a speaking coach. And so probably 20 years ago, I hired a speaking coach with money I didn't have and, um, <laughs> figured out how I could speak better because I was being asked to speak and I knew I wasn't connecting with the audience. Um, and I, you know, it happened with one engagement. I knew I didn't connect with the audience. I thought, what do I do? Well, I better hire somebody because I don't know how to change this. And I've got a whole bunch of speaking engagements coming up. And so I started uh, with the speaking coach and I still work with him today. 
I work with him um, about three times a year where I actually go to his house. We spend three, two to three days like going through new presentations, old presentations, open closes, you know, delivery, everything. Why? Well, if you really want to be good at something and you really want to make it your career, we got to invest back into it. And so it's been one of the, the greatest things that I've done. I've invested in things that haven't been so good, but hiring a speaking <laughs> coach was definitely good. Totally a great investment. I love that. What a great tip. Um, so, you know, you, you some things might come naturally to you, but the reason why we look at some people and think, wow, that just seems so effortless was probably because they made a lot of effort. <laughs> That, that's exactly right. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, you know, I tell people all the time that, you know, just about another 10 more years and I'll be an overnight success. So it's <laughs> <Right. laughs> great. Uh, Mary Beth, thank you so much for coming on the show. And if you have questions or um, other things you want us to cover on the podcast, please uh, just write to us info at littlebirdmarketing.com. But we would love a review on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere you found this podcast. That really helps other people discover this. And, um, you know, just give even your thanks to Mirabeth for coming on and sharing some of her perspective and her insight um, into how you could take uh, your your next step in your profession. And we hope that it's been very helpful for you. So, Mirabeth, thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you. Awesome. From all of us here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.